So, uh, yeah, so guess we begin now. Okay. Uh, episode, um, well, one, let me start off by saying I have a fantastic guest here. Uh, somebody that uh, just, I don't even know how we started uh, as, uh, you know, how we met and like Samantha told me about you probably years before I ever even met you. Yeah. Just, uh, you were someone who helped her through some trauma yeah. that she was going through. Um, and I think we came over for dinner one night and it's been, been non-stop ever since, man. Yeah, man. Both busy men though. And. Wish we could see each other a little bit more. Word, especially because um, we got kids. Yeah, so close to age, you know. Yeah, it's good to have friends and family, or friends who are family, I should say. Yeah, you know, with kids, so you guys can actually like raise them up together, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why, pretty much, why we moved back. Nice. When we were thinking about you guys and friends and family, like we don't want our daughter not to know everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. um, all right, um, I have Eduardo. Gardo. Ed, Edgardo? Ed is fine. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> butchers it. <laughs> we have Ed, um, and he's a, I, he's a fantastic human being. He's going to be talking about himself today on the Human Podcast, so um, let's get into it. Gotcha. What makes you human? Who are you? Tell us about yourself, man. Uh, all right. So, one, I just want to start by saying it's an absolute blessing to be offered this opportunity. Oh, thank you. You know, you're my boy. Got nothing but love for you and Sam. Um... And I, I don't know what makes me human. Um, DNA, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, um, well, it, it really depends on how you define human, honestly. Now, I, I want to maybe apologize in advance, but I'm, I, I think uh, in ab- abstract ways, right? So uh, there's very binary moments mm-hmm. in my thought process where it's either yes or no. But nine times out of ten, it's well, what is this symbolic of, and so on and so forth. But um. What makes me human is experience, man. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess I guess I could start at the, the beginning. There's mm-hmm. always a good place to start, you know. It's weird to start at the end, but, you know, some people pull it off on TV. Some movies are yeah. pretty good at that. Uh, what, what's that director's name? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm. Yeah. Can't remember his name. No, I can't remember his name. Oh, Quentin Tarantino. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to Quentin. Shout out to Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, um, I mean, listen, uh, I'm 33 years old, uh, born and raised in New York in the South Bronx. Not easy, not easy, especially, you know, it, it, it's a blessing to come from where I did, although it wasn't easy. You know, there was a lot of unsafe moments. There was a lot of times where it just, you know, moms, she did the best that she could do. Um, but then you look at some other folks and it's like, man, my mom's best, wasn't the greatest, but you know, honestly, truth be told, I'd rather have my mom's worst than anybody's greatest. You know what I'm saying? My mm-hmm. mom was outstanding. Uh, love you, ma. Um, Shout out, mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, born and raised in the South Bronx, zombie projects. Uh, three or four boys, but what's odd is uh, maybe like a little bit unique to to me, and it's weird because it's normal for me. You know, a, a normal subjective. So. You know, when I tell people, like, yeah, I got three brothers, but there's really eight of us. You know, they, yeah. they ask, like, how's that? Well, you know, my two older brothers got the same dad, and me and my younger brother had the same dad. Um, and my two older brothers, their dad remarried, and we pretty much became a big family. So, like, his stepchildren, his stepbrothers, 
where we didn't see a distinction between step or not. It, there's no, I don't, we don't, in my family, we don't follow the blood, like half mm-hmm. blood. Nah, we're family. You know, we have some cousins that aren't really cousins. Yeah, you know what I mean? All. It's in the culture. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up not really, like, it's weird. Uh, and, I, and I apologize trying to, you know, find words to say it, but. All right, let, let me jump ahead a little bit. When I moved to PA, um, it was a culture shock to me. Yeah. One, I spent my entire childhood in the projects. Mm-hmm. I was accustomed to the gang violence. I was made uncomfortable when people said hello in the morning. Um, I'm like, yo, am, am, I allowed, am I allowed to swear in here? I don't want to. Right. No, yeah, yeah, you okay. good. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when people say, hey, g- good morning, I'm like, fuck you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, why in New York you don't bother people. You you just go from point A to point B. You don't look people in the eyes. You, you do what you got to do. So when people are here like, hey, good morning, neighbor, trying to shake your hands, that, that was a culture shock to me. Um, so when I'm in school, uh, for my bachelor's and my master's, and I hear people who are native to PA, native to these more wealthy neighborhoods, like their upbringing was odd. Mm-hmm. Having a swimming pool in their house while I always wanted it, it was odd to have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I laugh with, with some of my, uh, uh, you know, s- people who I went to school with, I can't even think of the phrase. Um, because like they they talk about yeah you know life was hard for them because uh you know their mom could only give them but so much money for mm-hmm. you know an allowance i'm like damn you got an allowance right <laughs> yeah. it was like oh yeah we only went up to to the shore three times a year i'm like oh cool i couldn't wear certain colors in my block or else i get cut up <laughs> yeah right yeah so you know it, it was just that shift but you know truth be told i mean i'm blessed for all that i did because it gives me a perspective on life it allows me to be empathetic, and it really lends to my profession now, which uh, right now I'm a, I'm a counselor. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually a, a evening supervisor for one of the uh, rehabs here, inpatient rehab. And my upbringing and childhood experiences has allowed me to help these individuals who are in right. recovery more. So uh, what would you say are some of what, what your, your time in New York, mm-hmm. what would you say some of your – biggest lessons were if you could name a few like that are helping you right now especially in your profession where mm-hmm. you're 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 helping other people who oh, yeah. sometimes don't see a way out you know people who are struggling with drug addiction or anything like that yeah uh humor mm-hmm. you got to have a sense of humor man yeah if you don't know how to laugh life is going to be miserable it's mm-hmm. going to be one big sad face um you know from being on the block and you know roasting each other you know, just sitting there, just having fun, you know. Humor was a major way that we got through the tr- the struggles, you know. Yeah. Um, when they put a police, a mobile police station in front of my building because the crime was so bad, you know, we were able to make fun of that, make jokes on, on how crappy the environment was so we can laugh at our environment instead of cry at it. Mm-hmm. Cry because of it, I should say. You know, so... I think right there, that's the biggest thing I learned is humor. Also, to go with that, have thick skin, man. Um, if you're if you're making jokes on somebody, you're gonna get you know they're gonna cut you up too, you know. Right. 
So, uh, you know, you can't have, you know, you can't have paper skin. Um, so, you know, that, that really allowed me to prevent myself from getting too emotionally, uh, too, too emotionally reactive mm-hmm. to like a lot of the situations that I see nowadays, especially with like work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that like answers your questions. Like yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. two that comes to mind is like, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta have that sense of humor. You gotta be able to smile, man. Yeah. You gotta be able to smile and laugh. Um, well, I will say, you know, one of the big things about coming from you know the inner city like like I did, is being able to actually like experience different cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at my job, I talked to a lot of people um, about my time in the military. You know, I was in the I was in the service. I went National Guard first. Mm-hmm. Uh, signed my contract at sixteen. Um, you know, went active duty. Spent some time overseas. Loved it. You know, I criticize, you know, the the army and the military in general, but that's because I love my country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that if you want, if you love something the most, you got to criticize it so it can be better. Yeah. Um, But, uh, so yeah, so I, I tell people at my job about this experience I had in basic training. Uh, young dude, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he approached me in basic training and he said, hey, uh, Ed, how do you talk to those people over there? And he points to a group of minorities, mostly black people, mm-hmm. you know, light-skinned, you, you're a Spanish person here there. Um, I'm like... And what, what was he? Uh, it's Caucasian. Okay. I, I mean, gotcha. I, I mean, this dude came straight from the farm, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I swear he was born with a water dip in his mouth. <laughs> nah, but I love him. Uh, like I said, out of respect for him, I'm not going to say his name. But, yeah, yeah. You know, when he came to me, I'm like... What do you mean? And he said he's never met a black person in life. Wow. And, I mean, he wasn't young. I was one of the, amongst the youngest, because at this time I was 17 in basic training in Oklahoma. So when he told me he's never met a black person in life, that he only saw them on TV. He only saw Spanish people on TV. And now for a Spanish person, because, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm a little bit on the lighter side, you know, that blew my mind. Because I grew up with all races, all ethnicities, right. all cultures. And he was, like, for real scared. You, dude, I mean, when I say scared, he had no clue how to approach us, mm. even though we were training to, you know, defend the country together. Right. Now, happy ending to the story. He eventually goes over to the group. You know, makes you know, introduces himself, shows mad love. Everybody comes aboard, and his preconceived notions, his biases that he saw from TV, that you know, black people are gangsters, that Spanish people steal cars, and yada yada yada. That was all out the window. So one of the best parts about New York is it being exposed to diversity. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that. Um. So, uh, what would you say? like the the transition to when did you move to PA so I moved to PA after I got out the service that was 2000 late 2011 2012 okay and the choice was PA uh because New York's too expensive (laughs) (laughs) I mean honestly you're you're now a how old were you you said 33 so and then how old were you when you moved back uh let me see I want to say 24, wow. give so or take. You, your life in New York, 
um, going through everything you've been through, going into the military at 16, yeah. basic training at 17, and coming out now as a 24-year-old. So well, spent I, I got out the Army at 22, but at I spent 22. some time because my son's mother, um, again, not going to say names out of respect, mm-hmm. She was. Uh, we met in the military. And while okay. she's from New York also, um, she was still doing her thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she was pregnant with my kid. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a family And were you in college at this point? Uh, I started going to college. Dude, when I tell you I graduated with almost enough credits to have two bachelor's degrees, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started college in um, Pikes Peak Community College in Colorado. That's where I was stationed at, Fort Carson. Wow. Um, and I was doing EMT. <laughs> Go from EMT to pre-med to psychology. I, I've been all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was uh, community college at that time to answer your question. Okay. But um, we ended up moving to PA because when my baby moms got out the military, um, we had to make a decision. Do we want to go back to New York? And I was like, first things first, as a New Yorker, there's no way in hell we're going to have Jersey on the plate. Not happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, New York is, is too much for me, you know, from, you know, PTSD and, you know, other things that, you know, experienced throughout life. I just can't be in a city anymore. Like, mm-hmm. even just coming in here, like, I'm already like, oh, I can't wait to get yeah. out of Philly. And much love, Philly. Just too yeah, crowded. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's too crowded, man. It's a lot, man. Um, How many people in Philly? Oh, man. A couple million? It's Way crazy. too much. I'm good with like seven people. Give me seven yeah. people in the town. We good. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so we 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 made decision PA because it was close enough to go back home for lunch, but be back at our house for yeah. dinner. So New York is always going to be home. You know that's mm-hmm. what made me who I am. Um, but I I just outgrew it, man. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know? got to experience a little bit. Yeah. Um. And just to go back a little bit further, you know, to the beginning, like, I got to give a shout out to, to my brothers, man. Listen, my mom did not have it easy. She had four boys. Yeah. Having her first kid at 14, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, raising us all on her own. I mean, she had help here and there from our dads, but it was mostly her. Yeah. You know, she's the one who taught us how to shave. But even then, she had to work. You know, she mm-hmm. worked the graveyard shift. So my brothers raised me. You know, so I got to give much love to my, you yeah. know, my whole family, my brothers. You know, I am who I am because of them. It wasn't always easy. It was now, a lot of learning experiences. Are you, where do you fit in? Uh, are you the youngest, oldest? Third. Third. Yeah. Gotcha. Third. Three out of four from my mother. Gotcha. Right? But when we take in the, you know, yeah. the step the family. siblings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I think I'm like five or six. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I mean. It's as much love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and as that middle child, you know, uh, there was always that like rivalry between the one above me, who's you know, running the house, and the one below me who was getting away with murder. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so I'm like, damn, bro, I'm just getting getting hurt from both sides. Yeah, the middle middle child always uh, it's notorious for always getting it the. You know, shit ended the stick almost. Yeah. Shit, yeah, shit ended the yardstick, bro. Like, it was just <laughs> like, damn, when is it gonna end, bro? Stop. Yeah. Yeah, but um, so yeah, that that's where I fall out, and you know, in the family lineup. Okay. Um, and um, so you moved to PA. You have your first child. Yeah. And then, how's life, like after your first 
your firstborn because you have you have three kids. I have man. three kids. Yeah. Yeah. So three boys. Uh, three boys, man, and they're a blessing. They are yeah. pain in the ass, though. Like, <laughs> of course. Man, I'll tell you. Of course. So, like, I, I work 12-hour shifts on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, right after this, I'm actually heading out to work. I come, I get back home at 7 o'clock in the morning. The second I open the door, bro, daddy Mm-mm-mm. runs down the stairs. And not a hug. I don't get greeted with a hug. Hands. <laughs> the, the, the middle <laughs> child just starts beating me up, man. So, I love it. Um, But the way fatherhood changed me. All right, so can I move this? Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real with you. I wasn't always a good guy. Yeah. Um. I used to go out of my way to really hurt people, mm-hmm. not physically, but like mentally, emotionally. Um, that's because I was hurt. You know, went yeah. through a lot of experiences. You know, I, I'm a survivor of trauma. I, I think I share with you. You know, physical trauma, sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Um. And emotional trauma, too, you know. Truth be told, bro, like, as far back as I can remember, I struggled with suicidal ideation. Yeah. Still to today. It's better now. Mm-hmm. But um, I promise you there's a point. A reason why, oh, shoot, a reason why I'm bringing this up. Um, but I, su- I struggled with suicidal, suicidal ideation. I mean, it was so bad. I-, I can remember vividly when I was maybe 12 years old. I was sitting in my closet in, in, in the apartment, and I used to burn pictures of me as a kid. Wow. I hated myself so much. You know, I, I know now, you know, now that I'm in the mental health field, like, you know, these are just responses to the trauma. And, you, you mm-hmm. know, as a kid, you don't know what what's going on, and, you know, you don't know how to process things. Um, so I bring this up because, like I said, I used to be a, a horrible person. I would have fought myself. Like, me now would have fought me then because of yeah. how bad I was. Um being a father, man, it saved my life. Yeah. I mean, my firstborn, uh, can I say his name? Yeah, that's up uh, to you. Yeah, Whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, my firstborn, Gabriel. So my kids are Gabriel, Joseph, and Baby Egg. Kayla, I'm sorry. She <laughs> hates that name. She refuses to <laughs> let me say it. Uh, Edgardo the third, um, or Double D from Ed, Ed Double and Eddie. Double D. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Gabe was born, man, I actually, like, can honestly say I felt a sense of happiness and joy that I've never experienced before in my life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the fact that I just sat there and I watched, you know, my, my son's mother deliver this kid. It was, I was a part of something much greater than me that I no longer wanted to hurt. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, before that... Being hurt, hurt, you know, hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah. Going out of my way to hurt people before, I had now had this thing in my hand. This wrinkly thing looked like a raisin <laughs> with legs, bro. It just, honestly, in the faster than the blink of an eye, my whole purpose changed. Yeah. And I just didn't want to hurt no more because I didn't want my kid to hurt. Because truth be told, bro, like I love, I love my mom and dad, but my childhood wasn't easy. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like I'm a little bit rambling right now, um, but uh, I really didn't. I love my dad. I didn't really have my dad around yeah. the way I needed him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For, for you know, my dad's story, he did the best he could. There's always a reason. Yeah. But, I mean, there, 
I tell people because I'm a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although it doesn't sound like that sometimes. <laughs> uh, most most you know, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell you, uh, if I was to talk behind the pulpit the way I'm here, the church would burn. But that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, but um, you know, when I see in the Bible where it says, you know, fear God, right? I, I would always compare that to something personal because I try to make everything personal for me to use my empathetic side to understand things more. Mm-hmm. And um, when it says fear God, I'm like, well, why? what should I fear? And then I think like the absence of God. And I would always relate that to the absence of my dad. Because mm-hmm. where I lived at in, in, in Soundview, I lived in an apartment building that faced a road and it was a huge one way. It was a horseshoe turn. Um, so I could always see my dad when he was coming in because he was coming in on the outside and he had to go around the yeah. horseshoe to get to my building. And I, there were days on, you know, Fridays where he uh, he's supposed to be picking me up and I'm sitting on the radiator and I'm just waiting, waiting. Four o'clock, nothing. Five o'clock, nothing. Mom's called me for dinner. Go eat some dinner. Six o'clock, nothing. You know, and I remember that pain. Mm-hmm. Right? And I've I've... I've compared the absence of God to the pain of absence of my dad, right? Yeah. So I bring this up because I, as a hurt person, I didn't want to hurt my son, Gabriel. Yeah. I didn't want him to have that same pain I did, and I always go back to that experience. That's why when you know me and my baby mama split up and I was homeless, living in a two-door car, I stood here. I had an opportunity to leave the state. My family's like, hey, man, just come here. I got you. You know, just pay child support. And I was like, no, this is what my son is because I yeah. didn't want him to feel that pain. Mm-hmm. And every kid just added to that, man. It's amazing how, you know, now with, with, with Double D, he's number three in the line, three boys with my beautiful wife, Kayla. I love you. Um, shout out Kayla. Shout out Kayla. If I don't, she's going to beat me up. She's going on the other <laughs> side of the wall. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, she, she's, <laughs> she's looking in. <laughs> um, but, um, Every kid just kind of expands my universe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you think, and you, I know you got one, right? Yeah. Um, when you think, oh, man, I can't know any more love than this. Yeah. Get another kid, bro. <laughs> it's like like the universe has doubled, tripled mm-hmm. even. And then another one on top of that is like, dude, I don't, like, I'm exhausted from loving you guys too much. Like, do right. something messed up so I can be a little bit upset at you so I could rest a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um. Gabriel really, I mean, he saved me, bro. Truth yeah. be told, my kids and my wife saved me. You know, with, with Gabe, um, like I said, he he changed my perspective on life. With Joseph, it showed me that, you know, this is more than just a fleeting moment. Right. You know, looking at this kid, and Gabe and Joseph are two different personalities. You, you, yeah, you've you yeah. met them. You know, Gabe is one to sit, sit by you and say, oh, Mr. Shy, are you okay? <laughs> and Joseph is the one that's like, yo, I'm going to rock your jaw, bro. <laughs> like, you, well, I'm going to make you happy by play fighting. Um, but even then, it's just like the love no, knows no bounds. And I know now, as a mental health professional, that was a need that I had unfulfilled. Yeah. I didn't feel loved growing up. Like, I know my moms and my dad, did, they did the best they could. But growing up, I really didn't feel love. And I know that's where a lot of my suicidality came in, my mm-hmm. you know, ideations my depression, um, my hurt. So once I saw something come into this world that I instantly loved. Yeah. Because I think this, the saying goes, 
a, a woman becomes a mother at a delivery, uh, not delivery, uh, 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 conception. Mm-hmm. A man becomes a father at birth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, my fir- my hands were the first ones on on Gabe outside of the doctors. You know, right? He came out the slip and slide. She, you know, lateraled him to me, <laughs> and I ran him over. <laughs> ah, <laughs> ran him in for the touchdown. I spiked him on the weight on the scale. You, you always have to. Yeah, yeah. You, you know that's what I said. Did, did the Ace Ventura <laughs> joint. <laughs> But um, honestly, like, it's, it, it, when I really sit back and think of it, there's very few times I'm at a loss of word. I mean, I get paid to talk. I could talk all right. day about anything. But the way my kids saved my life, I can't even put that into words, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they pin in the necks. You know, raising kids are. I love them so much, though. Like, I'm actually, like, my eyes are getting a little bit watery right now just thinking about, how much they mean to me. You know, my wife, beautiful woman, answer prayers. But my kids, like, it's like when they come up, the sun comes up with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the best I can do on that one. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's honestly, I mean, some of this stuff I had, you know, I had no idea myself, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess an important question would be <clears throat> you as the the man that you are today because mm-hmm. in my opinion like out of a lot of people in my life like I don't you know I, I don't really associate myself in person with a lot of people um, I don't really like chill with people like that yeah but you I like I'll, I'll go out of my way to, to, to come to to whatever y'all need yeah I, likewise I'll, I'll be there for y'all um, and we've had in terms of like life we've had a very short relationship yeah um, but I hold you to a high standard. I, I look at you guys and me and Samantha. Even we like we we look up to y'all. <laughs> we'll say we we do. We look up to y'all. Like we see what you guys are, just what you guys do, and how y'all handle things, and how y'all handle even each other, even yeah. in even in the in the in the bad moments, because everybody has those. Um. And the 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 person that you are today, the man that you are today. What would, what would you say to the younger uh, Ed mm-hmm. if you if you ever had the, an opportunity if some magical thing lifted up the the gates of heaven and was like I'm gonna ble- I'm gonna bless you and you can talk to your younger self for an hour yeah what would be some of the best advice you would give to young Ed so it's funny you say this because I'm actually like I have like a rough draft of a book mm-hmm. that I'm writing that's kind of Along those lines. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I was if I wasn't so lazy, the book would be done by now. <laughs> Busy. <laughs> but um, my advice to young Ed, man, the pain isn't forever. Mm-hmm. You will get through it. Um, love, not not as a as a condition of being loved. Love because that's what's in your heart. Yeah. Because I, I can remember, you know, for a while now, uh, for a while in my life, I only cared for those who cared for me. It was transactional. Mm-hmm. But the ones that I had cared for who weren't there for me, it hurt not to show them that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, I, w- I felt like to a certain extent, like I was auctioning off parts of me for people who, it was like I said real transactional 
So I would say the biggest thing, man, love yourself first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Love without expectation of being loved back. Be true to yourself. Uh, and most importantly, man, just learn to smile. Yeah. Don't be, don't be ashamed of uh, smiling when you're happy. Because for a moment there, I didn't know how to be happy, bro. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I'm looking at, at the clock, I kind of feel like I jumped all over the place when, you know, there's so much in my head that I just wanted to throw out there. But um, my biggest thing is, man, learn to love yourself. Learn to be true to yourself. If I could go back to young Ed, one, I would give him a big-ass hug because I know that was the one thing I always really wanted. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why I'm such a good hugger now. Um, I mean, I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, beat the dead horse, but I just can't stress that enough, man, because being in the field I, I'm in now, like, I see so many people struggling with being true to themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, being in the addiction field, like, they so many people numb themselves so they can get rid of the bad parts in the past, but I explained to them, you can't lose the bad parts without sacrificing the good. You will endure. Yeah. Just learn learn to love yourself. Accept. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. No, you I, I feel like a spinner, man, but like... It's, it's, I think that's when people repeat themselves, they're really trying to push what you're really feeling, right? Like yeah, you man. really feel that way. Yeah, I mean, and look, truth be told, man, adults are nothing but old children. <laughs> yeah. That's it. They got stretched out, you know, grew a little bit, but they're just old children. And I just, there's a lot of toxicity in the world. Yeah. We don't need to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm like really hammering home with just being true to yourself, love yourself, because... One of the the only thing you get to take with you wherever you go is yourself. Yeah. So why not learn to enjoy it? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine having to travel somewhere day and night with somebody that you can't stand? Mm hmm And it's not that you guys don't get along. It's just you never took time to say, Hey, what's good, bro? What's your name? Mm hmm But you're just like, man, this, this presence of this dude irks me. Just learn. Just, I don't, I don't know, man. Remain teachable. Learn to love yourself. Um, if I can circle back to something, though. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was funny you say you look up to us. Because truth be told, man, I'm, I'd be so envious of you and, and, and Sam, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I tell Kayla, I'm like, huh, what, why can't you love me the way Sam loves Shaw? This is some bull crap. <laughs> I don't know, man. You guys, uh, you, Sam, the baby, like I said, you are friends who are family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Sorry. <laughs> no. I, I got kind of lost out there for a second. No, no, no. That's a, it's a part of the narrative, man. Um, and that's really what this podcast is about. There is no script here. There is you, – you're talking about you. And this is something that people don't do. Yeah. They don't do often. So when it's not scripted and it's, it's real, right, mm -hmm. all of that came from you. And you're talking about yourself. And how did you feel about doing that? Oh, bro. Uh, a part of me was like, don't you say that part. <laughs> don't don't you dare go over yeah. there. Um, but at the same time, I was like, man, I like I, I try to be an open book, mm -hmm. right? 
if any chapter of my life can help somebody, it would be a disservice not to share that chapter yeah. with everybody. Because I can't tell who might hear this and, and be like, oh, shit. Like, man, that's, like, empowering, whatever. I can't tell. So if I just try to, like, discriminate, like, okay, not you, but you. You get to sit, read this chapter. Yeah. That person might miss out. So it was one of those things where it was like, you know, there's still some things that I safeguard. Mm-hmm. But I still try to give out that message. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So trying to find that balance. It, it was a it was a bit of a surreal experience, mm-hmm. truth be told, because I didn't even realize the time went by that fast. I'm looking yeah. down like, oh shit, it, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should definitely do this again, though. Hundred um, percent, man. Uh, you're a super interesting person. You've been all over the place, all over the world, <laughs> and um, I think if people knew you and knew who you like, just knew you, and I, I, when I first met you, you gave me a hug. I pulled up, you know, with Samantha, came to the door, and I was super kind of like, who is this guy, yeah. Samantha? <laughs> you know, because back then I was still in that, we were still so new, and I was yeah. still in that little, that immature mindset, yeah. you know, that I was, like, super weary about, like, she going to this guy's house to do what? Yeah. Uh, in my <laughs> mind, I was like, there's a 30% chance I'm going to get my jaw rocked. <laughs> like, 30, maybe 33% chance. But it, it was cool, man. I remember coming to your house and you gave me a hug and i was like that was nice yeah i mean like (laughs) like instantly i was like i like this guy like i don't even i I, I don't even it's the 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 simple notion of giving another grown man a hug is something that we don't do yeah man and and it it should be normal Mm -hmm. you know if people are okay with contact but it, it can be in other forms too like i try to say when i'm on the phone with my you know people i consider my brothers like like you or any 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 person I really consider my brothers or sisters or whatever, I will say I love you just the same as I would say to uh, my grandma, my mom, or someone else. Like, mm-hmm. yo, love you, be safe, because it's important. Like, we don't we don't hear that a lot. No, we don't. Yeah, you know, and, and the things. So, like I said, I work in the rehab, and I, I I work with a lot of the men, right? And, uh, you know, talking to them like, their ego is so fragile that you know, you just say. Your hair looks nice today. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck you mean by that? I mean, I mean your hair looks nice, bro. You yeah, you put you, some effort no, in it. You, yeah, <laughs> you, like you pulled together good today, but it's like instant insult. Yeah, you know, and, and I, th- I think it's a defense mechanism. They don't. Mm-hmm. They're unsure how to take it because they don't receive it, and it, it, they don't receive it. You're a hundred percent spot on. And the way I explain it is, how can you do something you were never taught to do? Mm-hmm. So you got to think of this, and dude, I, honestly, I wanted to, uh, if not to self-invite, but this is something that I would love to talk to you about one day, um, which also got a, something I want to share with you offline. Sorry. Got you. <laughs> yeah, but um, we learn the second we are born. Mm-hmm. We don't think of it like that, right? Yeah. But think about the associations a, a, a baby makes. Wow, daddy comes running. Oh shit! Uh, if I say when, yep, dad comes. He's gonna come with a bottle, a diaper, or some hugs and mm-hmm. cuddles. So we're learning. All right, I make this sound. My needs will get met. Now we don't have the cognitive ability at that point to actually use that type of logic, but subconsciously we're getting, you know, making that association. So imagine when that we don't get that need met. What's the association yeah. we make? Because if I go when. Nothing. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Shit, let me try twice. Wow, wow, wow. Three times, still nothing. Wow, 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 wow. Four times, still nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine the lesson that kid learns. And that lesson is going to be the foundation. Just like in mathematics, everything is built off the previous lesson, right? The, that's the, the, the foundation they're going to move forward and build their life off of. Yeah. So when I look at men, toxic masculinity is a real thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, it is, I, I agree with you. It, it is a, a defense mechanism in the sense that us men just don't know how to be vulnerable. At all. Vulnerability is a strength. You know what I'm saying? So when it's like, all right, yo, I'm getting hugged, but I don't want to be no bitch, bro. Like, I'm going to hug you, but I'm going to squeeze you tighter. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So you know who's the alpha. Like, all right, you like, got that, bro. Let that go. Yeah, man, squeeze a little tighter. My back hurts. It needs to be popped. You know right. what I mean? Um, but yeah, I agree. Uh, it's the things we learn, the lessons we learn throughout life. Mm-hmm. If we never learn how to accept love and affection, how the hell are we going to respond to it in a healthy way when we get it? Yeah. You know. Um, can I share just two two quick things? Yeah. Right. Because um, I had mentioned, like, you know, the, the suicidal ideation I struggle with. Um, and like how prevalent it was. This is what, right around the time when I was first meeting Sam. Um, not many people know that in 2014, I was just a couple feet away from killing myself. I didn't have access to my son anymore. Bad breakup of baby moms. And I was just distraught. I was broken. And the most insidious thought creeped into my mind. If you're outside of your physical body, right? You're you're a spirit. No walls can keep you from your kid. Yeah. And all I wanted to be was with my kid. So out in Chester, uh, where I was going to school at for a little bit, there's an overpass. I was walking to that overpass. I saw a familiar car of two of my friends. And... Instantly, the thought that came into my mind was, please stop. Please see me. Mm. I was on the way to take that leap. I'll never forget, I was listening to Eminem, Bad Guy. On the way to take that leap. And I saw the car and I said, please see me, please see me. What do you think happened? They drove by. (laughs) They didn't stop. To be fair to them, it was raining, gloomy. Uh, when I think back of it, I actually like see everything in like a grayscale. It's kind of crazy. Um, but when they passed by me, I stopped and I thought about everything. I was like, dude, this is such a fucking dumb idea. Because if hypothetically you're correct, right? You're a spirit. You can be there with your kid. Can you hold him? Mm-hmm. Will he know you're there? How selfish of a thought was that? Now, listen, I'm not saying people who are struggling with SI is selfish, but I'm saying that was the thought that came to my mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I would hurt my kid. It was just a brief moment. And I I wanted to share this with you because life can change in a moment, bro. Absolutely. It was literally just a span of a couple of seconds that everything changed. Because if that's, if those, if they would have drove down that road two minutes earlier or four minutes later, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Mm -hmm. 
Life can change in a moment. Yeah. The other thing um, I was going to share, uh, Kayla. Have I ever told you how me and Kayla got married? No. All right, so I'm going to make this super quick. Um, I knew Kayla back in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was madly in love with me. She'll <laughs> deny it, but <laughs> just know she was. Um, but nothing ever came up. Right? I was too reckless. Again, a hurt person, hurt kid. And, um, you know, she was a smart girl. She stood away from me. I leave New York eventually around like 18, travel, go to South Carolina, go to Florida, join the military, go all over the place. But we kept the contact every now and then. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Right. Um, I'm in Colorado. I have a kid. <clears throat> Come to PA. Remember, we're from New York, so Kayla's still in New York. I go to PA. Things don't work out with baby mama. I decide to stay here. I was homeless, bust my hump, got a studio apartment in, in Delco. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I'm becoming a Christian at this point. I became a Christian in 2014. So I'm like, yo, man, I'm ready to be a husband. Something just clicked in me, right? And it wasn't a boyfriend. It was a husband. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let me get her. Wrong. How about her? Nope. This one? Nope. So after going out to a, a bar, I'm driving home. And I said, now, again, respect for anybody's belief, but this is my experience. I prayed. I said, God, I apologize. I keep telling you who to give me when you know better. Yeah. Give me who I need. But I have two requests. I don't want a servant. I want a partner. Mm-hmm. And I want somebody that I can grow with and that will help, uh, that you know, that I can help grow and she will uh, help me grow. Bro, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning and I get to the studio apartment. I have a twin-size mattress on the floor at this point. I had nothing to my name. Mm-hmm. Open up my laptop, and this is when Facebook had Messenger part of yeah, the web yeah, browser. Yeah. Pops up a message, Kayla. Hey, what's up, bro? Like, it was good, homie. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Like, I literally, like, five minutes after I got home. You still live in Philly? I'm like, oh, a couple minutes outside of it. Oh, I just moved to PA. It's like, say less. I'll come pick you up that weekend. She never left since. We, we got married maybe like five months, six months later, give or take. And now we've been married. We just had our anniversary on the 10th. I was about to say, it's been... Six years. I've known y'all for at least, what? Uh, a minimum. Yeah, a minimum, maybe. Yeah. Maybe three, four. Yeah, we'll have to double tap that, but right. I was crazy. Uh, I was smart. I got married on October 10th. Mm-hmm. Just remember, <laughs> 10, 15, I'm good. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my life, uh, I had two moments, long story short, where my life had changed. One, where that car didn't stop, and two, when I got that message on Facebook. Yeah. There's always a moment. That's all I got, bud. All right. And that's going to wrap it up for the human podcast. Um, I appreciate everybody for watching. Thank y'all so much. And thank you, Ed. Thank you, bud. Love you. Here. I appreciate you so much, man. All right. Thank you, seriously. All right. No problem, man. I love you, bud. Peace. We had a camera cut off, so we just, uh, we make and do. Womp, Not womp. A professional here. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Peace. Love y'all.